Hello and welcome to a special all-energy edition of Energy Voice Out Loud. We're here at the SEC in Glasgow on day one on the show floor. And I'm joined by Jan Reid, Senior Manager for Low Carbon Technologies at Scottish Enterprise. Hi, Jan. Uh, what have you made of walking around the show so far? Have you found it? Oh, I love all energy. I mean, it's so good. I mean, Scottish Enterprise has supported all energy since the beginning up in Aberdeen. And then ever since, since we came to Scottish Enterprise. And I was telling one of my colleagues that um, all energy is really like this huge school reunion with everybody who's anybody comes to it, all energy. Uh, so I just love it because you get to meet people from all over and all the different companies. It's been fantastic walking around. I saw a, a massive tidal turbine earlier, a waterfall. Uh, you guys are exhibiting too, of course. Yes, and we've got a Scotland stand we're sharing with partners, so the Crown Estate, Scottish Government, Hi, Sosie and others. K10, please come along and visit it. We do have some fantastic maps. So um, it's smart. we've done this for a few years now. So we've got a heat map, an offshore wind map and a hydrogen map. And it means that people can come and actually see what's happening in Scotland. But I do love walking around. I mean, there's some fantastic things like some electric cars. And when you get a chance, that's if you get a chance, because it's very busy between going to the conferences and hearing some of the wonderful speakers, having meetings. You know, it's, it's a busy time. There's a lot to cover. Maybe we could get some electric cars and just try to drive around. I think, I think that <laughs> might cause a hazard. Um, but talk to me a bit about the Green Heat team, decarbonisation of uh, schools. Uh, homes, buildings in Scotland. I mean, talk to me about the, the challenge there and some of the work that Scottish Enterprise is doing to help address it. It's a massive challenge. I mean, there's no denying it. And, and Scotland and the UK is behind the rest of Europe in this area. You know, so there's a lot of catching up to do. But the market growth is phenomenal. Um, there's been a lot of work done by very many agencies. You know, we work very closely, obviously, with the Scottish Government and our focus is on maximising economic benefit. But there are lots of other agencies involved in this space. Uh, up right across the public sector. Um, but our focus is how can we get companies engaged in this space? So we've got a target, for example, of a million uh, domestic homes to be uh, decarbonised by 2030. And that's huge. Not that huge, though, when you think that France two years ago reached the target that the UK as a whole has set for 2030. So these targets are achievable. I think it just seems alien to people in Scotland. They just The concept of heat pumps and heat networks just seems quite foreign. So there's hurdles that we have to get over. And it's not just about putting them up, but it's actually making that cultural barrier as well. And, and talk to me a bit about some of the innovation programmes you have, certainly uh, in, in large part addressed to Scottish uh, companies or companies that will be based in Scotland, helping to develop some of the technologies we need and catch up, as you say, to uh, other parts of the world as well on this opportunity. Oh, yeah. And the Green Heat Innovation Support Programme is a £17.6 million programme. And just yesterday, we launched feasibility studies. Now, that's 100% funding for companies in Scotland or looking to invest in Scotland for grants between 30 and 50,000, as long as they want to develop a product or a process that will help towards this green heat path. But the deadline's the 7th of July, so we're very keen that companies know about this as soon as possible. It's on its way then, yeah, oh, it's yeah, just yeah, coming, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it, it just sounds, I mean, clearly there's a, a real target here for us in Scotland, UK-wide, Europe, a global export opportunity as well for us if we can get it right. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, actually the largest market in the world for, for heat pumps, for example, is actually Asia. Except they do air-to-air -air heat pumps because there's a cooling aspect as well as important. We don't need to do the cooling aspect, although saying that, the past few summers I can see UK going for that too. Um, but yeah, no, it's a huge global opportunity. Europe is definitely developing. Heat, heat networks are very predominant as well in Europe uh, because of the nature of our cities. We've got old cities, old buildings. Um, 
and then for example in Glasgow or certain in Glasgow so it's a city of tenements so you have to look at different alternative ways one of the greatest heat networks I've ever visited and I'm not saying that just because it's in Glasgow is Queen's Quay of course um, which is a, an amazing sort of water source heat pump which comes from the River Clyde I mean who knew the River Clyde would actually be heating our homes but I have to give a shout out as well to Eamons and Renfrewshire, supported by Renfrewshire Council. Now that's actually a fifth generation district heating network. And that's quite incredible because that's the way that district heating networks can go. So we can leapfrog in some cases where appropriate some of our competitors across Europe. So it's not just about catching up, but can Scotland actually drive that innovation and actually become more leading? across in the world. Why not? It just shows you the, the innovation that's right here on our doorstep and what's available. Yeah, the cloud heating our homes. I don't think I'd have ever put those two together, but it's fantastic to hear. Um, as you said, we're here in Glasgow, uh, less than two years ago, <coughs> COP26, commitments around decarbonising heat. Uh, since then, clearly we've seen the, the, the invasion of Ukraine and uh, fuel prices go up. If anything, <coughs> I would assume for your team, really just galvanising and, and really heading home the, the needs to help help tackle this issue. Absolutely. Um, I mean, the last two years alone, I've seen £4 billion been invested by heat pump manufacturers. The growth is phenomenal. I mean, the, the Scottish Government's heat and building strategy is projecting additional 16,000 jobs just in Scotland. You know, So we're seeing a massive growth across the piece, more than enough to cope for companies to join in the fray. You know, like the supply chain opportunities as well, post-Ukraine, post-COVID, a lot more companies want that more resilient and sort of local supply chain. So there's opportunity not only to feed off the UK market, but also to tack tackle that global market there. I mean, why not? Why not indeed? I mean, and, and just talking about the skills available, the potential jobs opportunity, you know, up, up in Aberdeen where I live, there's obviously a, a vast oil and gas workforce looking for that answer, looking for that just transition, energy transition opportunity. And I guess just talk to me through about some of the the products that you're working through, geothermal, for example, being one of the areas that might uh, come up and, and how these two might uh, help align us. Well, we've already seen oil and gas companies move into this area. I mean, geothermal, it's a bit of a slam dunk. You know, it's your, your drilling holes, your lane pipes. These are all skills that the oil and gas industry has. You know, we've got some world-leading sort of engineering services round about our oil and gas industry. So why not move into this market? And, and there are different types of geothermal. We, we've got a focus in mine water geothermal. There's also sort of deeper geothermal as well. Um, and the market's not, not just here, it's not just in Europe, it's in America. I mean, a lot of people don't realize how long geothermal's going on. Or if they do, they tend to think of places like Iceland and New Zealand, but they're anomalies ge um, geographically. The bulk of the world is more like Scotland or the rest of Europe. So fantastic opportunities for oil and gas industries. And we have been seeing some real interest there, and that's something we want to develop further. So it's not just, you know, companies just for Scotland or even the UK. Uh, we have been supporting through Scottish Development International, trade opportunities abroad, um, huge opportunity. It's great to hear. I mean, and I suppose uh, just when we talk about some of these new technologies, I mean, clearly something that's been on uh, Scottish Enterprises' mind is I'm taking heat pumps as, as an example, is ensuring that the costs don't fall on the consumer uh, or place an additional burden uh, on that front. Please talk to me a bit about, about that element of, of it. Absolutely. The Scottish Government is very, very committed to fuel poverty and what we wouldn't want to do for the sake of decarbonising heat is increase the cost to the customer. So no, absolutely not. I mean, the, the, there is support available there 
and that's one thing that we absolutely look to do. I mean, the Scottish Government has got support, such as the Heat Network Fund, because sometimes the upfront capital costs can be higher, but the actual long-term operational costs are much lower. So there is support there to actually get some of these larger projects um, all over the, over the line and onto delivery. But no, I mean, we absolutely can't see that. I do think, though, there's opportunity for communities. I do think there's an opportunity there for, for the just transition. Um, because when you actually look at the available natural resources, I mean, going back to Queen's Quay, it could be a river, it could be a, 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 an old mine shaft that's not used. You know, how do, we, how do we make sure that local communities benefit in the same way that they benefit from onshore wind, for example? How do we make sure that they benefit as well from some of these opportunities to decarbonise their own heat? I think that's really exciting. And I know it's something that the government and agencies are looking at too. Superb. And it's, it's, it is great to hear that the, the opportunity is out there. Just to bring us home a little bit, Jan, I mean, as I think you mentioned earlier, some 2030 targets obviously on the way to our net zero by 2045. How crucial... Uh, how large a piece of the puzzle is this decarbonising of heat in order to get us there? Uh, critical? Yeah, it's totally critical. I mean, heat accounts for 51% of all energy usage in Scotland. If we don't tackle heat, if we don't decarbonise it, if we don't reduce the, the need for it, then we're never going to reach a 2045 target. And I don't think people are aware of that. You know, it's, it's such a huge part of the jigsaw puzzle. And that's why it's really important that we we drive this down and we, we do that transition through to clean heat. Fantastic. And just very lastly, Jan, are you, you're here both days? Or? Yes, absolutely. I wouldn't miss it. You know, <laughs> Fantastic. Okay, well, uh, thanks, Jan. That is it for this episode of Energy Voice Out Loud from the floor of All Energy. Do keep an ear out for more from us from All Energy here in Glasgow. Out Loud is the podcast from Energy Voice leading the global energy conversation. Bookmark and subscribe to energyvoice.com, sign up to our newsletter and follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter for expert analysis and insight right across the energy sector. Subscribe to Out Loud on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And please do encourage colleagues and friends to listen to Out Loud too. If you've enjoyed it, leaving a rating or review, especially on Apple Podcasts, helps others discover it too. Thank you.